We're going we're gonna to go to uh, St. Matthew. This is going to be easy for you because you should know it. And those that don't, we're going to walk through it. And I think I spoke a little bit, um, a message about this before. But St. Matthew, fourth chapter, 1 through 11. And then we're going to go over St. Luke, okay? Same chapter, 4. And we're going to go 1 through uh, 13. Amen. All right. The title of this message is, Temptation Will Not Overtake Me. Amen? And we're going to start, I'm in St. Luke, but you can follow along also in Matthew, the fourth, 1 through 11. But I'm in St. Luke 1, and we're going to go through 13, okay? Let me know when you have it by the words of amen. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. After I read that, I said, thank you, Lord. And it took me a few minutes to get past that. But you not know before the Lord went unto his fast, he was full of the Holy Ghost? He didn't get the Holy Ghost while he was in the fast. He got it before he went to the fast. And I thought about it, and it was just as clear as day. I said, well, ain't that something? How many times do we take a trip, a long trip, and the, the, the tank is half full or a quarter of a tank worth of gas in there? Before you take your trip, don't you fill your gas tank up? So before he was fasted because this whole situation was for him to be tempted. That was the whole purpose. The purpose wasn't for him to be filled or anything else. It was for him to be tempted. So before he was even tempted, before he went on his fast that God put him on, he had to be full of the Holy Ghost. I said, Lord, I am praying that the people here before January get the Holy Ghost. Before they start their fast. Because one thing that happens is when you're tempted during the fast, you get weak during. But see, if you got you full of the Holy Ghost, that weakness ain't weak no more, is it? And you can get what you want out of it, right? The Lord's trying to tell you something, and he's trying to give it to you, and you have the strength, the gas, the energy to get through your fast. How many times we fast and we've just been weak? Right? Not just physically, but spiritually, right? But if you got the Holy Ghost before you walk in your test, in your trial, in your situation, right? Then you able to go through it. Then he said, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. How many of us going to follow the Holy Ghost into our wilderness? I don't know if y'all caught that. Did you catch that? The Holy Ghost led him into the wilderness. Jesus was obedient to follow the Holy Spirit into his wilderness. See, we try to avoid our wilderness. Do we not? So right from the gate, the first one, that's enough to eat off of for I don't know how long. Not only are you full of the Holy Ghost before you fasting, before your wilderness comes, but now you're following the Holy Ghost that's leading you to the wilderness, right? Second, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days, he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. He hungered after when? Did he hunger during? Why didn't he hunger during? Because he was full of what? Come on. Listen, I seen this. I said, I seen where I messed up during the fast. I seen it. So 
before January comes, I'm going to be full of it. So I'm not going to be tempted to eat and, and sneak meals and try to justify it and this and that and the other. And not only that, but what the Lord is leading me in the wilderness before me, I'm going to follow it. I'm not going to avoid it. Isn't that, isn't that a shame when we rebuke the wilderness that God ordained us to go through? Do you know what you're rebuking? You have no knowledge of what the will is that God has for you. And you're rebuking your own blessing. Do you see the education in, in this as we go through? We, we're looking at the physical side of what's happening. But take your time and really look at and process what's happening in this situation. I have here, I also wrote down a thought that came from it, the three R's. Response, reaction, equals results. Jesus' response, his reaction, equaled his results. My response, my reaction, is going to equal my results. Amen? Write that down. That's very important. I want you to think about those three as we go through each single scripture. Make it very simple. Because the word isn't complicated. The word of God is, is easy. It's pure. It's clarity. But you have to be in it. You have to read it. You have to ask for the clarification to understand it. Because if you read it just like any other book or a book that isn't saved or a book that isn't holy, if you have carnal eyes reading this, then you're not going to see the spirituality in it. So you have to have that in order to process it. Amen? Afterward, hungered. And the devil said unto him, I'm in the third. If thou be the son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. What just happened here? He's tempting. Right? Now remember, Jesus knew, because he's being led of the Holy Ghost, that he's in the wilderness to be what? Tempted. So when the devil spoke the what? Temptation, it was easy to resist. Did y'all catch that? The Bible says we are not ignorant concerning the devil's devices. That means we have knowledge of these things, right? So when it manifests itself in front of you, it's of no surprise. And you can label it and call it exactly what it is and do what? Resist it. Did y'all catch that? Okay, let's look at it. Let's, let's, let's bring it back down, little carnal self. So you know you worked all week long and your check is short. What is that called? Some of us call it a problem. Some of us call it a problem. Because naturally, it's going to do what? But spiritually, these things are coming to do what? So that short check that you got that week, it was really what? Your test. It was really to tempt you to do what? Snap. Right? Panic. Lose your faith in God. Because you worked, you worked it, right? So it's documented, right? You're going to get paid for it. So what are you worried about? Oh, come on. What are you worried about? How's your bill not going to get paid when you're in the hands of God? He said he will supply you with all your needs. So what are you worried about? You see, he waited until he hungered. Right? To try to get his carnality to bring forth, to lead him. 
But Jesus already started off in the first and said, my carnality is not leading me. Because what's being led, what I'm following is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is leading me. So before I even started this trial, this temptation, I was being led of the Holy Ghost. You trying to get me to follow my natural man, but that's not what's leading me. What's leading me is the Holy Ghost. Oh, my goodness. So that's why after the devil said it, there was no argument. There was no back and forth. Jesus didn't waver, did he? No. Then he says, Christ, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. What did Christ do right there? He put the word on him. Why did he put the word on the devil? Somebody say it works? It works? Why else? Because who is the word? So when you put God in front of your situation, uh-oh, you put the word of God. God is the word, right? So when you put God in front of your situation, the devil has to do what? But if you put your words in front of your situation, what happens? Now there's a fight. Uh-oh. Would you say it's a challenge? Uh-oh. See, Jesus didn't get into it and say, hey, why are you talking to me? Do you know who I am? I'm this and that. And that. No, 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 no. Let me just go ahead and put my God in front of you. Because you ain't defeated my God. My God's undefeated. Matter of fact, he was the same one that kicked you out of heaven. You remember that? He could have went toe-to-toe with him, right? But he put the word. It is what? Written. It is written. It didn't say he is writing. It is written. Written is what? That means it was already what? It was already done. It's already done. See, a lot of our battles is maybe new to us, but they're old to God. And he already defeated them back then. All God's waiting for you to do is put the word on your situation. Because the word is God. He don't want you to put your own voice. He said it's written. And don't you think there's a psychological thing the devil's playing here? Do y'all really think he's really meaning the physical side of what's happening? He's trying to get into his psyche. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get him to question himself, acknowledge his flesh. I know you're hungry because I waited here for you. I seen you didn't eat. I, you got to be hungry, right? And then tempt him with it. He's playing, he's playing the, right? Let's go to the next. And the devil taking him up into the high mountain. Wow. I read that part. I said, oh, my goodness. Isn't it something when you conquer your situation right where you at? The devil knows he can't defeat you in that spot no more, so he got to move. Try throwing a punch at somebody and they block it. You going to throw that same punch again? You going to come from another way, ain't you? You ain't going to throw it in the same spot, is you? What are you saying? When you put the word at your house, in your house, and the devil comes, and you defeat him at your house, he can't mess with your house no more. He got to move you and try you somewhere else. Every place you put the word is of loss and a victory to you. It's a loss to the devil. He has to try something else. He didn't try him in the same spot, did he? Out of all the places, he could have stood right there, pulled up a chair, and just went to it. But there's something like that. I said, that's powerful. So when you go to your job and somebody messing with you and everything, stop right there and put the word on them. I guarantee you that spot, that situation ain't going to happen no more. It got to come somewhere else. So what happens when you start putting up a defense? 
you get less and less tried, don't you? How many times, and, and we're going to stick to this, but outside of this, it says when you go to the end, and the devil went away for a season, for a season. How many seasons does Iowa have? <laughs> Somebody said two. <laughs> I was one of, the, one of the few states in America that technically has all four seasons. So if he went away for a season, that means you won a season, right? How many more seasons you got left? Hmm? Y'all didn't catch that, did you? You didn't catch that. Mm-hmm. And the devil taking him up into the high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I said, man, all the kingdoms of the world. Let's talk about that a little bit. So all the places like maybe Dubai and all the money and the success, the devil don't even value. It ain't even worth nothing to him. How do you know? Because he offered it up to somebody else. He said, I'll give you all this if you will serve me. That don't even have value on it. If something is of value to you, do you just give it away? Do you put that in a bargain, in a bet, in a deal? Hmm? Your kids of our value, right? How many times do you offer them up to somebody else? You don't. So the devil has all this in his possession. So gaining all these worldly things mean nothing. Means not one thing. He's willing to use that value in a game as a sacrifice to get something he wants because he knows that all the kingdoms of the world, all the value that it has, its continents, is of no value. So that let me know we need to rework our mind on what is valuable and what isn't. Is it getting to the, the statue and being recognized as such and such of this company, this and that and the other, or having this much land and houses, this and that and the other? Is that the value? Because the devil has it, and he was just willing just to gamble it away. It's of no value. So we need to start reconstructing what is of value. Right? What's valuable? Your soul. What's valuable? The Holy Spirit that you have, that God has given you. Right? Because that's what the devil is wanting. That's what he wants. That's why he's trying so hard to give him everything carnal. Everything carnal. I'm like, man, it would be nice to have a garage full of million-dollar cars. Some people actually have that. But what's the value? It's nothing. You ever wondered how rich people are the 1% of, of the, the billionaires, trillionaires on earth? How can they possibly value any more money? Have you ever wondered that? Like, you have so much. How could you possibly want more? Greed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Evil. At some point in time, these successes is going to equal something that's not good for you. Nobody said you can't be wealthy. Nobody is saying that. Mm-mm. God's not saying that to you, is he? But the value you place on it, that's, it's not even worth anything. What is your drive? Is your drive to accumulate these things? No, 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 no. Jesus himself, he was in the wilderness. He wasn't in no gold robe and this and that and had an a army around him and all this and that and the other. No. Mm-mm. He knew what he had inside of him was more important than anything that the devil could offer him. So that let me know. And 
You're going to go as far as you want to go. But the most important thing that you have is your soul. And don't you give that to nobody. Don't you sell it out. Don't you loan it out. I don't care what they're offering you to go. But your soul is more important than that. Now, go in that field and infect the world with righteousness, but never compromise and never give it up. Ever, because that's the most important thing. Amen? The devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee. All this power will I give thee. And the glory of them. How come the devil never offers you nothing spiritually? How come the devil don't ever offer you, you know what, if you serve me, I'm going to build a heaven just for you to put you in. If you serve me, you know, uh, matter of fact, I'm going to send a son to die on the cross for your sins. How come he don't ever offer anything? He don't have it. Isn't that something? But what he does have, he said, I will offer the glory of these material things that I have. Right? He can't even put you, he, he can't even put you in hell himself. Ain't that something? Hell was created for him, but he can't even put you in it. You see how weak that is? That's like having a house and you can't open your own door. And we constantly are entertaining ourselves with the power and the glory of his little merchandise. Constantly. It's of no value. Right? It's of no value. He's willing to offer it to you. For free. You know? And he says, and I will give thee in the glory of them that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said to them, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. What just happened there? Same thing. He put the word on him, right? The word before him. Now, this time, Jesus took him up. I mean, Satan took Jesus up to view it, to see it with his eyes. So the first thing was he tempted him with his stomach. Second thing was with his eyes, right? He's playing the psychological thing. But now he's doing physical. He's adding in the physical combination of these things. Obviously, these things are something that we struggle with as humans. What we see, what we perceive, and what tastes good to us. What feels good to us. That seems to be a struggle in the human race, right? So he's playing mind tricks along with the vision, right, at this second one, of what's going on, the spiritual eyes. Jesus had on his spiritual eyes, though. He was able to see right through that. Ain't that what we ought to do, start training our eyes? You know something unique, and y'all, because y'all are smart, y'all know this, but this came a reality for me. When you shut your eyes, it's your eyelids that causes you not to see. Y'all knew that, though, right? Right? Very simple. But I really realized that. I said, it's your eyelids that you choose to close that allows you not to see so that you can either rest, sleep, or view something that you don't want. So your eyelids that are sitting on your face that you have control over is what's allowing you to see and not see. So when we're seeing something we, we shouldn't see, it's because you want to. Hmm? Those same eyelids that you carry around with you every day are powerful. The devil's, trying to, the devil's trying to get you to look at this stuff. And all you got to do is do this. Satan, get behind me.